0: Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask, maybe you uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it.
1: You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com.
0: EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show every single week. We send you a brand new one.
1: And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well.
0: Right. Now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes, along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month.
1: If you like the show, help keep us on the air
0: and become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today.
1: And thank you.
2: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: And it's not an elderly man finds enjoyment watching neighborhood kids play outside. But does he continue to find enjoyment after death? Strange pet behavior at the site of a suicide has a pet owner suspicious that may not be alone, that they may not be alone on their walks. A young ghost tries to protect and comfort an abused child, and a mother is not happy when her son comes home late from bars. But is it the drinking or something else that has her upset? Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you. Once again
1: Good evening Hi,
0: how are you this fine evening?
1: Pretty good, how are you? This
0: fine snowy evening in Wichita, Kansas
1: Yeah, where we're supposed to get like two inches And I swear there's gonna be three to five by the time we wake up It
0: starts to look like the set of The Walking Dead In like Atlanta at the first couple episodes Where everything's abandoned, nobody's on the roads And it's just scary
1: yeah, it's because people around here, they don't know how to handle the weather. No, not at all. Well, and we were not
0: really equipped to handle it either. No. You know, there's not like enough plows, enough this or that. But uh, yeah, so good times for all. Uh, we got an interesting letter to start off the show with today. Uh, this was sent in to us uh, from Dave. And uh, you want to give a little background here on Dave and uh, and his, his daughter?
1: Yeah, Dave has written in to us several times and he's actually done some calls too telling us about a unique little relationship he has with a ghost that is actually kind of adopted him as her father and he's had Sarah his adopted daughter ghost with him for about 10 years now Um, she was actually the one that brought together him and his wife and they've since gotten well they've obviously gotten married but they now have a baby and um, basically just kind of a little happily ever after story with Sarah included
0: and it's, it, I'll, I'll read the letter, right? I won't I won't yeah. tell what happens here. So let me just read the letter from Dave. And this is my first time reading it uh, as well. I've, I was told about it, but I haven't read it yet. So here we go. Uh, Dave writes in, hi, Tony and Jen. Dave with my ghostly daughter, Sarah. And Dave has, has called in normally in the past.
1: He's done both. Has he done? Okay. Yeah, but when he does call in, he writes it out. So he doesn't forget to include things.
0: Sure, he sounds a little scripted, but he's he's reading off his letter. Right. Okay, and he right. always tells us what he's doing. Okay, so uh, Dave, with my ghostly daughter, Sarah, here once more, just to let you know, uh, now I have a following on our street, or now you have a following on our street. An unofficial club has formed and everyone talks about their favorite stories. Even Sarah now listens and will comment on some stories. Keep in mind, Sarah's the ghost.
1: Sarah is an amazing little seven-year-old ghost.
0: So she does have a question. If some people are as sensitive as they say, why can't they tell if a ghost is good or bad? She suggests if there is any doubt, just get a dog. It sounds like something a seven- or eight-year-old girl Very would say. Very much so, yes. The dog will know. She goes on to say, I said, uh, since I'm not sensitive, I don't know the answer. She claims that I'm more sensitive than I realize. I do like getting the uh, I I do like getting the dog idea, though. Uh, We plan to get a dog this spring. She gets sad when a nice ghost is with the family and the family feels the need to get rid of her. How do you know that she is not supposed to be with you to help you? Maybe it's not her time to move on, or maybe she was sent to you by the higher power. It was beyond my knowledge, but my life has improved because of Sarah, and Sarah has found happiness with my family, which she helped create. I would like to tell of a prank I played on my brother when we were young. I was going shopping with my mother to get winter clothes. He was staying home alone since he had gone shopping the week before. Uh, I had made a recording of footsteps walking across the floor, a door shutting, finally the bathroom faucet turning on and off. Then I set it on a timer to come on an hour after we were to leave. Now, he was 14 at the time, and we got home. He had called a group of friends over to keep him company. Needless to say, none of the friends heard anything since the recording was long since over. He was grounded for a week since he wasn't allowed to have friends over without permission. I finally did confess to him a year or so after he got out of college. Even after all that time, he was pissed. That might be why he doesn't believe in Sarah. Sarah said it was mean and I shouldn't have done it. I explained that uh, was before she and her mother were a part of my life, and it's uh, good uh, that uh, both of you keep me uh, from being bad. Now, the point of the story, even if it doesn't, uh, or even if it seems impossible for someone to have uh, set you up, doesn't mean they didn't. The best pranks, after all, are the ones that you don't get caught at, and I was never caught. To finish up, some of the neighbors have now seen Sarah, but that is their story. No one was ever scared when they see her. A few have had their own experiences with other ghosts and said they would send them in. You have a nice following here. I wish you had more experiences with ghosts like your other callers, but Sarah is it. Or I was says, I wish I had those experiences. Uh, I guess it is uh, what it is, and if I had only one ghost, Sarah's a good one to have. Thank you, Dave.
1: Okay, I love the Sarah stories. I know that it can be a little out there to imagine having a ghost child as part of a family, like an active member of the family. Sure. But I just love that story so much because so often we hear the the negative and the, the dark and really scary and creepy. So it's kind of refreshing every now and then to have the Sarah stories and to hear how she's doing. And it's nice that people in the area have kind of started to accept her and not consider them a little out there like I think some of his past letters kind of alluded to.
0: What do you think it would be like if you moved into the neighborhood? and uh you're talking to the neighbors well how would you react to that if you know oh you're meeting the neighbors and uh, oh yeah and you're not meeting maybe dave you know and his family right away but you're meeting like the neighbor of dave that is aware of sarah and they're like telling you well our neighbor over here that's uh, dave and he has a daughter sarah she's dead uh but she's still around Uh, It would be interesting. I think it would take a little bit of convincing, honestly. I think to anyone it would. But um, how would you react?
1: I would be curious to meet Dave and his family and to draw my own judgments. Sure. You know, I I can't stand those people that are always like, hey, guess what? We have a nutcase down the street who thinks he has a ghost I would want to
0: know more uh, before I would be like, oh, he's insane. Because I I don't think he is by any means.
1: No, I'd want to meet him. And I would be very open to hearing his stories I'd like to hear his stories directly from him before I got to actually meet Sarah because I'd be a little bit leery that maybe Sarah wasn't something good but I have no doubt that Sarah is something good
0: I wonder if Dave has the ability to have Sarah you know if he can call her call on her essentially to show herself to people on command, for a lack of a better term. And I'm not trying to make her sound like a dog or something. I'm just saying, hey, now we got some people over. They'd like to meet the Sarah that he's talked about.
1: I don't know. I don't know if
0: that's some, something that he can do or if that's part of the...
1: I'd be willing to bet that is completely... in That ball's in Sarah's court. And yeah. I'm really thinking, too and i'm not saying it's because of our show but because of talking about her more out in the open and trying to i guess bring more awareness to this very unique situation she probably feels more comfortable and has been showing herself more because she realizes that that's something that's okay
0: you're probably right it's it's really interesting to hear that we have a a ghost listener to the show
1: i think it's fabulous <laughs> i i am honored that sarah is a listener yeah. of our show so from this uh,
0: what dimension to the other, yeah, uh, we welcome all of our listeners. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is the phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. That's the phone number to call in. Of course, you can always write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it. Uh, Share a link on Facebook or Twitter. Support it. That's what helps keep our show alive. Kevin writes in, I found your show about a week ago and hearing everyone else and their stories. Now I have to share my own. I have a quick ghost story and a story from my sister-in-law about a demon or something. I'll start off with the quick one. When I was younger, I stayed the summers uh, when school was out on summer break with my brother and two cousins with our grandparents. One day when we were out riding our bikes in the front and in the street, I saw a neighbor come out of his house and was watching us. He was about 70 years old and best friends with our grandfather. He sat in his favorite chair on the porch and all of us rode up to him. And he told us that he was going away but wouldn't be gone long. He also told us he enjoyed watching us play outside since his kids have grown up and moved away. Then his wife saw us and waved. and She came outside. She asked us how we were doing and asked who we were talking to. I looked at the chair and no one was there. I told her what we saw, and she told us he died three weeks ago. Later that day, my brother told me he saw him vanish out of the chair and was too scared to say anything. Now my sister-in-law's story, when I was six or seven, she was awakened by a loud bang. It was her jewelry box on the floor. She got up, turned on the light, and picked up the jewelry, wondering how this happened, since it was in the middle of her dresser. It wasn't a big jewelry box, just one to put some rings and a necklace or two in. She put it back on her dresser and went back to sleep. Two days later, it happened again. And she sat up and saw her angel figurine being pushed off the dresser as well. With the light from the street lamp outside, she saw it. It was about two feet tall and had red eyes. She told me it looked a lot like a critter from a 1980s movie. It noticed her and began to lunge at her. Then her parents opened the door and it vanished into the night. They asked her all the noise was about, and she explained everything to them. The next day was Sunday, and she went to church after the sermon was over. They talked to one of the pastors of the church, and she explained it to them. Being he was a friend of the family, he knew she would not make a story up like this, so he went over to their house and had her dad and the pastor and stayed in her room that night and waited for it. She stayed in her room and her dad's bed mom. Then about one or two in the morning, they heard a loud bang. The jewelry box was on the floor again. They saw the thing, and it noticed them, and it turned into a big black mist and disappeared. Then they heard a growl. It sounded like it came from the whole house. My sister-in-law heard it, and so did her mom. Pictures started flying off the walls, and the preacher started to bless the house. I'm guessing that is how it is done. I've only seen a Catholic priest bless a house on TV, never a Southern Baptist preacher from Modesto, California. It was two hours later with growling, stuff coming off the walls, and then it was quiet. Her dad and the preacher came out of her room exhausted, she said. She asked what it was, and the preacher said it was a very bad spirit, one of Satan's minions. That was all he said to her. They never talk about it, but 30 years later she decided to share it with my brother and I. Thank you both for a place to share my stories. I'll soon be becoming an EPP at a later date. I'll send in more stories that I have. Thanks again.
1: Okay, both of those stories are really good, but I really liked the first one about the elderly gentleman sitting and watching the neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. I, what would you do after you pass on? What would you come back to do mm-hmm. for enjoyment? Because he... Screw
0: got- with the neighborhood kids. Huh? I would be screwing with the neighborhood kids. Okay. That's what I would do for enjoyment.
1: I shouldn't be surprised by that answer. <laughs> I was just curious what, <laughs> what your form of enjoyment that you would want to come back to do as a ghost would be.
0: I honestly, I would find enjoyment, not like freaking people out to the point of like, you know needing therapy but I would enjoy kind of messing with people maybe moving some things around dropping bowling balls here and there I don't know I mean I would be doing things to mess with people okay what would you do
1: um you know I would probably I would probably want to do something as far as playing with animals I really enjoy my dog and, okay. I mean, I enjoy my kids, too, but they're going to be grown up, hopefully, by the time I'm a ghost.
0: I would want to be a ghost to the kids. Not to scare them, but to I let them wouldn't. know dad's here, but dad's playing tricks. Dad's being funny.
1: I wouldn't. I would not want <laughs> to do that to my kids.
0: Well, you just you keep it in, you know, within
1: reason. <laughs> That's exactly what they need.
0: <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do anything just to let them know you were there?
1: You know, maybe just to do something initially, let them know I am okay wherever I'm at, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Sure. Um,
0: I'd like to do that at the least.
1: Okay, I would do that, and then I'd cut it out. I don't need to be messing with them and them wondering, when is mom watching, when's mom not watching?
0: Why is Breaking Bad keep coming on the TiVo or the the Netflix? Yeah, they
1: don't need that. They don't (laughs) need that added stress.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I don't want to stress them out. I just want to
1: have a little bit of fun. That would stress them out.
0: Yeah. Some of them. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, Let's go to a caller. Hi, you're on the air.
2: Hi, guys. This is Kathy in Florida. I called once before, but I've been listening so much that I felt compelled to call and tell you my doppelganger story. I've actually called this one into another podcast a long time ago, but um, here's what happened. When I was first married, my husband and I rented a small house, and he worked about five minutes away from where we lived. And every evening when when he was about to come home... I would hear the door open and him put his keys down on the, on the entry table. And it was inevitably five minutes before he actually arrived. And the interesting part about this is that I discovered with a little research that the doppelganger actually came from the Nordic regions where, uh, families who had loved ones who were traveling far away would like psychically send them, send themselves home to let the family know they had started their journey home. And I just thought, I found that fascinating since my husband has Norwegian heritage, okay? Well, that's one thing. Another thing is the Castle Keep is on a um, documentary called Castle Ghosts of England. And you it, they describe it as having an, a mental spirit in it, which isn't necessarily a person, but I guess more of a... Dark entity, but that's somewhere you can find it because it's uh, featured in that documentary. Okay, guys, love the show. Keep it up.
1: Yay, bye. Okay. You, with your Norwegian heritage over there, uh huh. Better not be doing any doppelganger shit. (laughs) Do you just hear me? Oofda. Yeah, you better not.
0: I always thought doppelgangers, you had to be alive.
1: Yeah, but still, that would freak me out if I know that you're not here and then you suddenly show up like, woo, I'm here.
0: You don't know I possess these powers being a Norwegian.
1: Yeah, right. So one
0: of those, you eat some lefse and some lutefisk and bam, doppelgangers.
1: Are you going to freeze things too, like the princess and frozen? Cause yeah, kind Because that kinda. took place in Norway. Let go.
0: Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> but in this story here, wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but did she not say like that the person had died and the doppelganger is coming back to let the family know that they're moving on? No. Okay, maybe I misheard it then. Okay,
1: her her story was that she would hear her husband get home every day before he would get home. Okay. And he had Norwegian heritage, so she thought that was interesting. Oh, it
0: was, it was letting her know that he was on his way home and that he was okay. Yeah. Okay, I was I was, I was was misconstruing it as like death and I'm on the other side of it. No,
1: okay. and then the whole thing about um, the people from the Nordic region psychically trying to move them move their image of themselves back to let their family know that they are okay so I don't know what us
0: Norsks do
1: you guys are just weird
0: (laughs) we have trolls too Yep. They're fun. 855-853-4802 is the phone number. By the way, my mom uh, sent, told me that she's bringing home, although I think this is actually a German dessert, uh, what are those things? The rosettes.
1: Oh, she's bringing the rosettes? Yes,
0: from the little bakery in West Bend when they come. Or not West Bend. Where is it from? I can't even think of the name of the town.
1: I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Anyway,
0: yay Christmas. Yay. We get to eat... Uh, Norwegian and German desserts that are horrible for us. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's the phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Dave writes in, greetings. I discovered your podcast during the Halloween season and have been an avid listener ever since, leading me to subscribe and become an EPP member. It's such a great outlet to recount stories that others would quickly discount or rebuke. You also make it an entertaining experience, unlike many of the other dry Supernatural podcasts. See, some people do appreciate my horrible sense of humor. Some people. (laughs) Some of your previous aired stories concerning the Supernatural and service members inspire me to tell some stories that I've not told for several years. So let me tell a story from a deployment uh, in uh, uh, Hamed El Jabbar Air Base in Kuwait in 2002 it was exciting for me a young air force sergeant on my first real deployment Factoring in my long-time sensitivity to the paranormal, it made for quite an interesting time. To give a little background on the base, during the Gulf War, an Iraq military took over the base and dealt with the remaining Kuwaiti soldiers quite harshly. For example, the Iraqi troops hung the base commander and his family from the decorative arch standing in front of the main gate, and they also had lured many of the remaining Kuwaiti personnel into a pool and savagely gunned them down. So you can only imagine the negativity there. My main experience was at one of the aircraft-hardened shelters that contained the Blood Angels. It was said that during the war, an American bomb penetrated the structure, destroying whatever was contained therein. There were some Iraqi troops inside, and the blast splattered, for lack of a better word, some of them uh, against the wall, leaving dark, bloody imprints, and uh, sealed the others inside a nearby room. They never made it out, and their bodies were still inside. The large hole with its twisted rebar was never repaired and there were still remnants of dark imprints of bodies in the wall. The atmosphere was thick and spooky to say the least. Also when we visited the closest city from the base I picked up on various energies or spirits and possibly a djinn there. One even followed us back to the base and you could feel it move about inside the vehicle. Hope the story was not too long or too disturbing for this festive holiday season. Next time, I'll write about an extreme haunting while stationed in Korea. Oh, also, think it's great to hear about your time and stories from Michigan, where I was born and raised. I can definitely relate there. I wish you guys all the best this holiday season, and Happy New Year. Cheers, Dave. That was a festive story to tell around the uh, the fire, maybe?
1: I was just going to say, some stories, there's not much left to say afterwards. No,
0: no, you're right. Our phone number here is 855-853-4802, uh, or you can, of course, always write into the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. If you want more real ghost stories to become an EPP, that's our uh, extra VIP-type thing we have going on here. You uh, become an EPP. You get a bonus episode every single week sent directly to you. And, of course, you get the satisfaction of knowing you're keeping our show on the air. Five bucks a month. That's what you get. And we thank you. You Sign up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Elaine writes in. Hello, my name is Elaine. I'm from Australia. Merry Christmas. And happy new year. Jenny and Tony, you guys are so adorable, and I love your podcast. Since I was young, I've always liked the paranormal and have an active imagination. However, nothing really has ever happened to me before, except this one time. I was walking home from school one day and decided I'd take another route home from the station. To find a shortcut, I listened to the radio on my phone often while I walk home. That one day, I had it on low volume, because I was on a relatively unfamiliar pathway. You know how they say, if you turn the music down, you can see better. I'm not sure whether that works or not, but I did it nonetheless. As I walked, I felt extremely sleepy, but I wasn't tired. To make myself feel more awake, I turned the radio up. I kept walking, and as I did, I felt a sudden chill. This was strange, because at the time, it was late spring in Sydney. Late spring is really warm and I remember this because I was really disturbed by the chill. I attempted to ignore it and put on my jumper. As I was putting my backpack on, there was a breeze. At that moment I turned around and came face to face with a pulse of darkness, blackness that bore into my eyes almost painfully. My heart jumped into my throat and I was instantly terrified. Its presence chilled me to the core. My mind was frozen in a state of paralyzed fear, staring into the abyss of black, feeling as if it was leaning down towards me. However, the black entity left as quickly as it came, and a telegraph pole replaced a horrible black figure I had thought I had seen. I immediately called my grandparents to pick me up and felt shaken on the whole ride home. To this day, I can't explain what I saw, and maybe I was genuinely sleepy and blacked out for a second. Even so, I never took that route home again. People I've told this story to have warned me of perverts and stalkers, but I'm sure it was not human. Ever since then, like I've said before, nothing ever happens besides my own imagination. Thank you for listening to my story. Love you guys. Keep up the awesome work. Elaine.
1: Okay, that just sounds like a definite dark entity. Just taking advantage of the fact that here she is, isolated in a new area. So, I wouldn't be taking any unknown shortcuts.
0: Yeah, or a creeper.
1: A creeper? A creeper. A creeper. Like on that that
0: SNL song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Okay. Sounds
0: good. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Of course, you can write another on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Luke says, hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm a teenager from the UK in the small country of Durham. I live... Or, County of Durham. I live in a small town not uh, too far from Durham City. Recently, however, there have been a lot of suicides in neighboring towns. It's sad to think teens my age are committing suicide because they don't see a way out of bullying. There have been four that I know of, but one of them happened on my doorstep. Last week, a teenager hung himself from a tree by a bridge that I use almost every day. I didn't find the poor kid's body, but I know where about he hung himself. You see, most nights I walk my girlfriend to the bus stop so she can get the bus home. This night I uh, brought my small dog, Maxie. When walking to the bus stop in town, when we were crossing the bridge, he'd start whimpering, and he would also make strange noises. When walking back from the bus stop, I was about 10 meters from the bridge. The bridge is surrounded by trees and bushes, so it's quite eerie any time. My dog started running towards the trees at the bottom of the bridge when I let him off the leash. I ran after him to see a short man standing between two trees where a large black branch hung over him. I stopped and stared at him for about a minute when Maxie came from where he was where he was standing back to me. I watched Maxie come trotting over to me, looking pretty happy as if someone had given him a treat. When I looked up to where the man was, he wasn't there. I rushed home afterwards, really creeped out, but had to drag my dog back because he wanted to stay at the bridge. I don't know if it was the boy who hung himself, but if it was, I hope he was just making himself known or just wants to communicate. I haven't seen anything since, and that was only a few days ago.
1: You know, I wouldn't think it would be too difficult to go back in the newspaper archives or online and see if there's a photo with the obituary. Of the boy, just to see if it Mm -hmm. happens to look like the man he saw.
0: I think it would make total sense if it was the boy standing there. Yeah. Confused, wondering what happened, wondering what's going on. Or just wanting to be seen or known. Yeah. You know, after something like that. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's a sad, disturbing story.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Got a letter here uh, It's uh, from Anonymous. That's an interesting name.
1: Anonymous. Anonymous. I wonder what the origin of that one is. I
0: think it's Norwegian. Probably. From the northern area. Yeah. As a young child, I lived in an extremely abusive home. Before this time, I had not seen or experienced anything ghostly. But after I see them, I feel them and experience them often. And even have one that has followed me from this time on. A little background. Before I started, I was about six or seven years old, living with my younger sister, mother, my mother's third husband, and two dogs, we lived in a single-level, two-bedroom, one-bath, one-car garage condo with a large front and backyard. The layout of the home was of a was of a condo, separated from each other by the garages. Our home sat on the left. Here's a story, without going into too much detail of the event, because it gets pretty bad. I was in the laundry room, pulling my laundry blank, uh, basket in to separate the clothes that needed to be washed. And to pick up the clean clothes. Please note that my job was to put everyone's clothes away, not just mine. At this time, I kept feeling like the basket was being pulled away from me, but my sister was asleep in our room. I didn't think too much of it. I went on with my task. The clean clothes were stacked on this very large five shelved rack, each person's clothes arranged to a shelf. As I was small, I had a hard time reaching the last shelf. Oftentimes, I had to stand on the washer to reach. Needless to say, the rack, which was not attached to the wall, tipped over, and the clean clothes fell onto the floor. My heart raced, and I froze. The third father came running from the living room to the laundry room and grabbed me off the washer and proceeded to choke me. Before this day, I never fought back and wanted so badly to die. These beatings were a daily thing, and I, at six or seven, was tired. Shortly after he started, my mother entered the room quietly, standing next to the door. At this time, I looked past my mother. Nothing that I could, I couldn't take much more. I saw a small boy standing right behind my mother. He had sandy blonde hair, pale skin, no bigger than my sister, and wearing a suit with suspenders. He was watching what was happening. At this point, my vision was blurring and becoming fuzzy. He looked at me, his face reflecting sadness, then it twisted to pure hate towards Third Father. Before I blacked out, I noticed his eyes were black. Sometime later, I woke to a voice calling to me. I found myself in the laundry room covered by the clothes that were on the floor. I was confused. Most of the times, I would find myself back in bed after one of his fits. I got up to look for someone to help me, but no one was there. No one in the kitchen, no cars in the garage, and no one in the rooms. I was alone in the dark house. Right before I started to cry, I heard a small whisper of a boy's voice calling to me again from the kitchen. Walking to the kitchen, I saw no one there. Confused and hurt, I started to turn to leave and froze. I felt a warm spot on my arm, and I felt as if someone was there, but I was unable to see anyone. "'As this presence stood there, a need grew in me. "'At first, I didn't understand how to define it, "'but soon, I started to think of a better life, "'wanting something different. "'At that moment, I had a burning in my arm. "'I wanted to fight for my right to live the way I wanted to live. "'While standing there, the spot on my arm cooled, "'but the presence was still there, standing behind me. "'I turned towards the kitchen table, "'pulled a chair out, and moved it towards the phone.' "'I dialed the mobile work phone of Third Father. "'When he picked up and I heard his voice, I grew enraged. "'I could only manage to speak in a rough, raspy voice. "'I asked for my mother. "'When she answered, I asked why she left me alone "'and wanted her to come home. "'She started to cry. "'After I hung up, I went to the living room to wait. "'The presence stayed right behind me the whole time "'and next to me as I waited. "'I've seen this little boy many times after that, "'but less as I've gotten older.' In addition to him, I've seen quite a few others, and I have more experiences if you'd like to hear them. I apologize for the length of the story. I love the show.
1: I'm glad that even if it was probably scary to see the little boy there, that he was there for her when nobody else was. Mm-hmm. And there's a special place that f- third Father's going to end up.
0: Well, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I'd love to hear more stories here. I'm I'm wondering if Third Father ever kind of got what was coming to him.
1: He probably will if he hasn't yet.
0: Yeah, I, I would love to uh, to hear more of your stories. It was it was very very well written. Thank you for sharing that with us here uh, on the show. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, If you have a real ghost story, please let us know about it. And if you haven't done so already, please press the subscribe button on whatever platform it is you're listening to us. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever it may be. Pressing subscribe gets those shows sent directly to you as we release them. And it helps with... So please, uh, please just press that subscribe button right there. Take two seconds and do it. Nicole writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I've recently become an EPP and really enjoy listening to the show at work. You guys are awesome. I'm a believer in the paranormal, but have never experienced anything firsthand. I've dabbled with Ouija boards. Sorry, Jenny. And gone to mediums and psychics for readings, but never had anything happen to me personally. The story I wanted to share happened to my mom about 20 years ago. We lived in an upstairs apartment with only the two of us. During the short time we lived there, my mother's fiance at the time killed himself in one of the spare rooms of the apartment. We didn't move out right away, probably due to financial reasons, my mom recently shared a story with me about one Easter morning there. My mother had been hearing footsteps in the middle of the night, going down the hallway. At first she thought it must have been me, but the footsteps were too loud and heavy to be that of a five-year-old. She thought it was strange, but figured maybe it was her imagination. The next morning was Easter. My mother woke up to me playing with my Easter basket toys in the living room, but the odd thing she noticed was that the basket was not where she had placed it the night before. It was all the way in the corner of the room on a small lamp table. She swore she had left it right in the middle of the room on the coffee table. She asked me where I had found the basket that morning, and I told her I found it on the lamp table. She also asked me if I had moved it. I told her I hadn't. To this day, she thinks I was under her fiance's. Uh, she thinks it was her fiance's ghost, and it was still haunting our apartment after taking his life. I was so young at the time, and vaguely remember that morning. I'm not sure if there's a logical explanation for it, or if it really was something paranormal. I have other stories from my aunts and my moms that I'll share another time. Thank you guys for everything you
1: do. You know, maybe it was the fiance and he just moved the basket just to let the mother know that he was still there, but not to do anything to really scare her mm-hmm. or the daughter at that time, because they'd obviously already been through enough.
0: The thing that I'm surprised none of us are considering here, Easter Bunny.
1: Yeah. Yep. It might have
0: just been the rabbit. Could have been. I tried to catch the Easter Bunny once as a child. Really? I did. I had a. I made a big fort out of boxes, you know? And uh, what I planned on doing, I had it at the top of the stairwell at my parents' house because the Easter Bunny would usually hide the eggs around the living room and the basket down there. And I made a little fort, put some sheets over it, just like the girls kind of do. And uh, my plan for the night was to sit... In the little fort, I had a little little crevice of a hole that I could look out of, and I thought he won't realize that uh, I'm I'm peeking out looking for him. And I was going to stay awake the entire night trying to catch the Easter Bunny. I fell asleep,
1: and Easter Bunny came. There you go.
0: Never caught him.
1: Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> Wow.
0: That's what I tried. Did you ever try and catch any of like the characters at all when you were a kid? Like no. Santa or Easter no. Bunny or
1: My leprechauns? My parents told me that if I saw them, and I saw them by staying up or mm-hmm. sneaking, that that would kill them, essentially. <laughs> that they would disappear, <laughs> and I would horrible. never be able to see them again. So okay. I was afraid of killing Santa Claus, and I just didn't do it. Just say no to the ho-ho-ho, so...
0: (sighs) Was that the the slogan around your house? No. Okay.
1: (sighs) No. I have not told our girls that they will kill any of these special creatures that come and leave them gifts in the middle of the night if they see it.
0: Probably a good thing. (laughs) Oh, what about the Tooth Fairy? Did you ever buy into the Tooth Fairy? Yeah. Really? I did. I always kind of... I bought into Santa... And I bought into Easter Bunny. Tooth Fairy to me just seemed a little too out there.
1: Really? (laughs) Of all those (laughs) things, that's the one that you didn't buy?
0: my logic said Tooth Fairy, now you're pushing the envelope.
1: The giant (laughs) rabbit that comes into your house and leaves you candy. Logical. Okay. The man that comes down the chimney and... Logical. Okay.
0: But the Tooth Fairy,
1: eh. That's pushing the envelope a little bit. Got it. Well... I think
0: I knew about Chernobyl. That's probably why I thought the rabbit could be a possibility.
1: I used to pull my teeth to get money. I used to think that that was I used to try and I new. faked teeth. You faked teeth? I faked
0: teeth. I took uh, white construction paper and I made it look like a tooth.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I told my parents about this genius idea I had to make money. And it was, I'm going to put fake teeth underneath my pillow and pray for the tooth fairy to come or whatever you have to do to get her to show up. And then in the morning, I'll probably have some money. And I'm going to do this every night until I have all these quarters and I can go to Prangy Way and get a shitload of candy. And, uh, well, that didn't work out so well. You know what happened? What? My dad gave me uh, the shitty piece of candy from my stocking that I gave him that I didn't want. And that was underneath my pillow. It was like one of those bad saltwater taffies with a Christmas tree in the middle. Ew. Yeah.
1: That's so, kind of what you get. It is.
0: It was It was a way of letting me know that uh, I shouldn't be effing with the Tooth Fairy. There so, you go. There you go. 855-853-4802 is our number. Savannah writes in, hello, I have another story about my family's haunted house. My great-aunt Cindy grew up in that house. Her dad, Sterling, was the one who built it and the neighborhood back in the 1940s. When Sterling moved out, they gave the house to my great-aunt and uncle, and my cousin, Gabe, Leela, and Reed lived and grew up there. Cindy was raised Mormon, but towards the end of her life, she started getting into pagan beliefs, Wicca, and just general earthly, earthy things. She never associated with one religion after that. She was a good force with a beautiful understanding of nature. Her son, Reed, was really into drugs and alcohol and lived a very dangerous lifestyle when he was in his teens and 20s. He was very quick to anger, and if uh, and, and he was having a bad night at a bar, he would engage in a fight. Cindy believed that because lots of negative energy is uh, brought to bars, this causes malevolent spirits to hang out. When uh, one of these spirits finds someone they like, they attach themselves to that person. Cindy called them hitchhikers, and Reed had plenty. Ed and Fred were a couple of these spirits who traveled together, and Reed says they look broken and mangled. He picked them up when he got in a bar fight and broke a guy's bone. Reed loves the sound of glass breaking, and this is also due to one of these spirits. I can't remember what its name is. The most troublesome and famous one of Reed's spirits is Edgar. Edgar is very violent and very forceful. Reed would come home drunk, and Cindy would tell him he couldn't come in the house until he got rid of that thing. He would cuss and yell outside the house at his parents until eventually taking a walk. Reed was always grateful that his mother had never let him in. If you recall in my last story about this house, my other cousin had a mirror that belonged to a medicine cabinet in his room. My great-uncle put that mirror in because Reed punched a hole in the wall trying to break it down so he could beat up his dad after he had upset him. When Reed wasn't under the influence of Edgar, he was a really nice, chill guy. It was such a drastic switch. Cindy had enough of it one day. I never was told exactly what she did, but somehow she made it so Edgar couldn't enter the house or anything with malevolent intent, for that matter. Edgar, Ed, and Fred, and all the others Reed brought home are forced to hang out outside the house, but I'll tell you more about them later.
1: Okay, I genuinely believe something was going on but that's one hell of an explanation when you come home (laughs) drunk from the bar I'm possessed that no I mean he's not possessed but he's got spirits with him that are making him do things isn't that essentially possession it's kind of along the lines of the devil made me do it
0: sure yeah I uh, what do you think
1: I think maybe he was a target for paranormal Sure. And maybe something was going on. I mean, obviously his parents believed it. So something must have been convincing to them to make the step beyond of, okay, he's just making up really creative excuses for why he's getting in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. So I believe something was going on. I just, that's one that I just think is an interesting out, I guess.
0: I wonder how many times that is used as an out.
1: Probably not many. Yeah. That's really creative, but, you know, I think something's going on there.
0: I could see that him being a target for some, you know, if there is like some sort of malevolent thing at the bar. Yeah. Um, you know, and just trying to, there's a lot of negative energy that could be going on there. Sure. Um, but yeah, I. it is one hell of an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One that probably would not be absorbed all so well by very many people. Yeah. He just happened to have the folks that were somehow open to it, I guess. you know. Guess so. 855-853-4802. Joe writes in, greetings, Tony and Jenny. I wrote in about my grandma uh, versus the lady in white before. And you had a couple of questions that I wanted to answer and maybe share another story.
1: Do you remember this story?
0: Give me a refresher.
1: Okay. They were sitting, like, out on the porch of the grandparents' house, and here comes this lady with a pack of dogs surrounding her. Yeah. And she essentially really didn't have a face, and the grandpa was going to go take care of it, and then he came back. He's like, nope, this one's for Grandma.
0: And Grandma seemed to have experience in the past with this thing.
1: Yes, and that was where some of our questions were.
0: Okay. I remember this one very well. It's from a couple days back. I don't know exactly what episode, but I'd say probably... Within the last five, yeah, episodes ish, so. right around there. Okay, I'd say five to seven, just to be safe.
1: Pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so somebody wants to go back and, and listen. My grandma was plagued by occurrences when she was a younger woman. This led to her faith in God and became equipped with the necessary skills to ward off bad spirits. There were many times my grandma surprised everyone with her knowledge and willingness to confront such things to the point that even neighbors went to her for advice and prayer. I never thought my grandparents as exorcists but since you mentioned it that's exactly what she used to do. That is pretty darn cool in my book. My re- my reference to uh, 1700s garb was merely based on my recollection of what seemed about right for the time period but I might have been wrong. I'm not an expert on history. And with that my story my mother brought uh, home in about uh, a home in Holland, Michigan and she lived there peacefully for a few years although at times the house would seem uneasy. Nothing was out of place. That is until they remodeled the basement into a guest bedroom. It, I was in college at the time. I needed a place to stay. So I ended up, you guessed it, at the basement. I didn't stay long. There was a feeling of being watched. And when I would turn around, I would see an elderly woman hiding her head behind a wall as if playing peek with me. But there was nobody there creepy just plain creepy I left and my grandma came to visit it was during a highly televised boxing match that had happened our guests and family members saw my grandma walk out of the basement mumbling to herself I told you to leave me alone you didn't listen and now I'm going to make you go she and my mom went from room to room ...praying and blessing each room using the Bible and some kind of herb... ...which she would dip into holy water and then swing about into the rooms. Everyone was preoccupied with a boxing match in the living room. There must have been at least nine to twelve people sitting there... ...including my stepdad and brothers, which now serve as witnesses. While my grandma was upstairs blessing the rooms... ...a short, older, white lady came down the stairs with a suitcase in her hand... ...cursing and seeming very upset... Everyone in the living room turned to watch this lady walk across the room and into the main doorway towards the outside. She stepped into the greeting room, but never opened the door. Everyone was confused as to where this lady came from and where she went, so they all got up and went to see. There was nobody in the greeting room. The door was still locked when they went outside. There was nobody to be seen walking or otherwise in any direction. She simply just disappeared. She was described as an older Caucasian lady with a pale complexion, tinted hair or possibly a wig and wearing an older style sweater and skirt. Nobody in the house recognized her or knew how she got upstairs. Needless to say, people went home quickly after that. My grandma later told my mom that the old lady had lived in our home prior to dying and she had been trying to scare some of us away. My grandma being one, apparently a big mistake on her part. Thank you for reading my story, guys. Love listening to all these great stories and not feeling so alone in this. Hope this wasn't too long. Love the show. Great work, y'all.
1: I think that's pretty awesome to have the exorcism grandma in the family. <sighs> exorcism grandma! Well, it really is. Yeah. I mean, because so many families don't have any idea where to begin. They just go to their grandma and she takes care of it. Just I hope she passed that skill down to others. Well, it's
0: something I think you, you really got to learn you know, it's 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 not like an innate thing. It's more of a knowledge,
1: right? Okay. And that's what I mean. Sure. Pass that. Sure, like, like teach skill. it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Down to the other family members, so they know how to handle those situations.
0: I wonder if she just kind of knew that her family was somewhat haunted. Maybe you know that there was stuff going on, and that was a good thing to have. Or maybe she was just like us and just had this you know extreme interest in it. And at the time, there was no podcasting. You couldn't just whip up a show from your spare bedroom. And broadcasted to the world. Uh, So back then you had to go and, you know, exercise demons out of the neighbors.
1: I just try and, and put myself in his shoes. I could not fathom learning the fact that my grandmother did exorcisms. Could you imagine my grandmother trying to do that?
0: Yes, I actually could.
1: She's like five foot tall.
0: But your grandma is like so determined and has such a strong personality. She would be a great exorcist. See <laughs> she what? She'd be like, no, listen, no. Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could see that, but I don't know.
0: I I couldn't see my grandma being an exorcist. No. But uh, but I could totally see your grandma being an exorcist. <laughs> I really, really could. Um, <laughs> the Southern Exorcist woman.
1: There you go. It would
0: be, That would make a great reality show. Can we can we teach her how to be one? No. Can we get her in training? She's- Start doing a reality show with her?
2: She's got her hands full. i
0: kidding. <laughs> 855-853-4802. Hallie writes in. Hey, Tony and Jenny. It's Hallie from Le- uh, London again. I've recently signed up as an EPP and love your podcast. I've experienced another scary activity last night. I was speaking to my friend on the phone. It was around 11 p.m. And I was in bed with the lights off. I was facing the door, which is about more than an arm's length away from my bed. While I was in a deep... Uh, conversation with my friend I realized the screw on my door which does not actually work started moving slowly upwards don't forget the lights are off however I can see everything just like how your eyes get used to the dark I automatically thought it was a bug crawling between the door and the door frame and the light outside my room made the bug more visible I turned the light on and my phone and looked at the door but there was nothing there My friend was asking me on the phone what just happened, and we both laughed it off. I said, I must probably seeing an optical illusion, maybe, Uh, the way I lay on the bed. My position made me think that way. A few minutes later, something or someone pulled a strand of my hair from my eyebrows, and I said, ouch, and told my friend, I think someone just pulled my eyebrow. We both laughed it off and soon went to bed. If you remember my previous letter where my brother heard breathing in his room, well, that room is now mine. Not too sure if it connects with the last story or not, but I'm not getting uh, convinced that there is a slightly weird presence in the house, which is not so harmful. Thanks for reading my story. Great show.
1: And I'm not sure if it's Hallie or Hale, the Hale? way okay. it's said. So apologies, because we don't know what we're doing. I can't read names. And I just think that's interesting that that it pulled as... it his or her eyebrow
0: maybe it was like a beautician ghost
1: yeah you think so
0: I, I'm actually being somewhat serious
1: that they just if decided- that's what you did
0: in, I mean you have a lot of ghosts who you know come back and do what they did in life
1: uh huh maybe why
0: could that not be a possibility
1: I don't know that your
0: eyebrows waxed by a ghost
1: That would be handy at times. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, stranger things have happened.
0: 855-853-4802 is our number. Rodney's writing in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. My name's Rodney. I'm uh, from the self-proclaimed rice and duck capital of the world. It's a small town in Arkansas named uh, Stuttgart. My older brother and I grew up in Stuttgart, and then on April 6th of 1996, about a month before my 16th birthday, my brother was killed in a head-on collision in northern Missouri while visiting my aunt and uncle for Easter with my mother and father. My brother was 20 and had a fiancé and two sons. The oldest one, Elvis, and a newborn, Dylan. I've never heard anyone named Elvis other than Elvis. I haven't either. There you go. A few months after his death, we moved to a small town in northern Arkansas named Mammoth Spring. My parents had decided it was too hard to live in Stuttgart with so many memories of my brother. My parents bought some land and we put a home on it. About a year later, I had gotten into a very dark state of mind with missing my brother and just being a dumb teen. I was in bed and just about asleep when I feel something crawl onto the foot of my bed and start up my body or my legs and then on my chest and I couldn't move. At this point, i freaked out and opened my eyes to see my brother, but his face looked evil. As I lay there, he said, the devil's going to get you. The devil's going to get you. If you don't change your ways, the devil's going to get you. Then he disappeared, and I was able to set up. My brother wasn't an evil or bad person. After I thought on what happened, I believe thats it was just my older brother scaring me to get me out of the dark mindset I had fallen into, and it worked. I'll end my story on a happy note. The night before he left to go to northern Missouri, he came into my room and sat down, sat down to my bed and told me, I don't say it much, but I love you, and I'd like you to start hanging out with me more. I told him I loved him, too, and that I thought him hanging out with me more would be cool. And that was the last words that were said between us. I moved b- back to Stuttgart area when I turned 19. Thank you for the podcast. I'm a proud EPP member. And keep up all the good work. I hope y'all have a Merry Christmas. Was it too much, y'all? Or was it...
1: You did okay. I w- think it was in bold, so it was meant to be emphasized a little bit. Yeah. You're doing pretty good with your y'alls, I hope though.
0: y'all have a Merry Christmas. That's kind of more natural.
1: As natural as you can say it,
0: yes. (laughs) Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Let's go get some groceries in the buggy.
1: (laughs) His last words that were spoken were on a good note.
0: Yeah. And I could see it it, it being the brother just kind of coming back and making one little note.
1: He may always have his older brother there to watch out for him. Yeah. And that's not such a bad thing. No. We
0: talked about it the other night where maybe sometimes you are kind of assigned of... Your sibling to watch over, Mm -hmm. if you will. It's an interesting concept. It is. There you go. If uh, you want more Real Ghost Stories, sign up to be an EPP, an extra podcast person on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. EPP bonus episodes, they go out on Saturday. So uh, if you sign up now, you will get Saturday's episode on Saturday when it comes out. So you don't want to miss out on that Five bucks a month to get all the previous bonus episodes as well, which I believe this next email is going to have about 17 episodes on it. So, a little ghost story binging, if you will. So, uh, check that out. Sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. It helps keep our show on the air. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.